Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar. And because we honor Jesus Christ. And one of the important statements we can make is that for our Christian faith, we, are, we owe a debt that we can never be able to be paid, a debt to Israel. So on this day, we want to say a special blessing and prayer for the Jewish people, for what they have gone through to hold on faithfully to the scriptures. And so what's happening in Israel today, and since we have had a chance to be many times during this season of the Feast of Trumpets, this is part of the Feast of Trumpets, the day, holy day of prayer and fasting where all Israel turns to the Lord and repent. I do want you to notice that I'm not alone. <laughs> the Lord is with you. <laughs> and we are grateful Pastor Bonnie is with us. And she is quite something. She had on Thursday and Friday, she had travel, long travel uh, from Switzerland. She had gone to Singapore, ministered there, and then flew to uh, Switzerland to be with our great friends, Lilo, Andreas, and Stephanie at Schleifer. She ministered there. And then she flew when she landed back. She greeted her family, got a report on her grandbaby, and then she went into her room, changed from the travel clothes, put on her other official outfit. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to the watch. Yes. So she was, she didn't take any respite. So tell us a little about Singapore and Switzerland. What did you find? Yes, thank you, Pastor Mahesh. And thank you, All Nations Church Watch family, for your prayers, your faith, your love, your prophetic uh, cloud that really is present from this place in the nations. Um, I was privileged to be a part of the WOW conference, the annual women's conference in Singapore for the 
Cornerstone Community Church, Pastor Daphne and Pastor Yang. And uh, the other speakers this year were Heidi Baker and Suzette Hatting. And then Reverend Dowdy was zooming in to us. We had a wonderful time. Uh, Cornerstone is probably one of the most significant uh, bodies. They have 29 satellite churches all over the world. And um, the pastor was exceedingly gracious and hospitable. Uh, I had the grace of God on me, thank you for your prayers, to minister a number of times to minister the word and uh, was blessed that the Lord gave me the grace to do that. Um, but also I had uh, extended times of private fellowship with many influential and international leaders and the supernatural prophetic grace of the Lord in terms of the seeing gift and the word of apostolic counsel just flowed in a tremendous way. Um, I'm not sure if I am really even able to share with you the details of some of those meetings, but one of the things that happened uh, on the first night when the two senior pastors came and we went to dinner together uh, privately, as we were sitting talking, I asked the senior pastor what his vision was for his uh, community, the local body is somewhere between 25 and 30,000 people. And then, of course, they've got their 29 satellites around the world. And as he began to share, his words weren't particularly the words that were clear to me because a living hologram grew up out of the table in between us. And I began to see what the Lord was doing with him and with the Cornerstone community in Singapore and um, some very significant things in relation also to all of Asia and specifically to China and for the underground church and a number of other things in China. It was very powerful. And at the end of the conference, the pastor had me come and share and proclaim um, publicly that word of the Lord. And I attribute that to our time together marinating in the watch and taking this successful journey in that legislative prophetic place of prayer. And I want you to know that this little watch battalion has tremendous influence in the nations and it gives me and us a real voice of authority when we're out there. And so it was wonderful. The prophetic word was clear. And there were many, many uh, powerful things that occurred there. It was a real time of fresh apostolic encouragement and commissioning for the many works that they do there. Um, I had a number of supernatural encounters myself. I had a very significant dream about the nations while I was in Singapore that took me quite by surprise. And I'll be sharing some more about that later. But I saw something very clearly about the state of the nations and um, of America, of many nations, and of Israel. 
Um, and then I went on from there to uh, Zurich and to Winterthur to be with the Schleife community with um, Andreas and Stephanie Keller and of course our dear friend Apostle Lilo Keller and you know that Gary uh, stepped over into glory into the arms of Jesus and is uh, ruling and reigning with Christ there from heaven. Um, we had uh, a, a, a powerful time with their gathered community at their weekly service, which they hold on Tuesday nights. A few years ago, the Lord spoke to Schleife and called them to a complete renovation, almost like a butterfly coming out of, uh, I mean, yeah, out of a caterpillar cocoon in terms of how they were to form both the conduct and um, the uh, expression of their local community. And with great risk, they obeyed the Lord and they have transitioned into a place of tremendous regional apostolic power and unity. And I found these two elements in both Singapore and in Winterthur in Switzerland, where something unique has shifted, there is an apostolic grace for genuine indigenous local leaders to raise up a banner, a rhythm, a sound in their voice that is drawing and creating a unity in the body of Christ from various sectors coming together in fresh times of uh, communion, intercession, and vision for their nations. So um, I think that's, you know, a kind, kind of a, 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 a little recap. Um, yeah, and of, of course, in addition, you know, all the beautiful um, cultural elements. When I was in Switzerland, not a cultural element, but again, uh, we were in a certain place of prayer and the Lord opened the supernatural realm, and I was able to see from past, present, and into the future some very clear and very specific words of encouragement and insight and confirmation for the national leaders there. So I think that's it. My word um, in both places, one of the, the words that I ministered was about the watch of the Lord. And I want to tell you that God is growing the watch of the Lord. It seems to be a literal fresh gathering point for the saints everywhere who are hearing the Holy Spirit in this hour. And it is a clarifying and a coming together of that kingdom of priests that God spoke of initially when he brought Israel out of Egypt, projecting into the church at the end of the age, of course, mentioned by Peter, and calling forth uh, that kingdom of priests. And on uh, Yom Kippur, as we're talking about some of the significance of the themes of what has occurred in Jesus, our high priest, one of the main essentials that we are awakening to in this hour is that Christians, every believer, say every believer, every. say it again, every believer. We are no longer just redeemed individuals. God redeemed us in order to create his kingdom, say kingdom, yeah. of priests. So look at your neighbor. And I want you to see them in a different light from today forward.
that you are a ministering priest in the household of Jesus, our high priest, under his headship. And this is one of the essential natures of the watch and of our individual and corporate lives together. So be encouraged. God has an upgrade for you and a refreshing in your identity and a new anointing in your vision, in your prophetic unction, and in your speaking, and in the power in your hand in signs and wonders. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad that the Lord kept covering her and gave her safety so she can be home safe to be with her family and especially the grandbaby. So, <laughs> so this is, I'm glad we can be together and we send our prayers and our blessings to other members of the community who physically couldn't be here but they're recovering and healing from Katie and Alice Vukovyak and others in the body. So we put this day, we put, again put a special prayer and blessing and covering over her, over them. And this is Yom Kippur. It's called the Day of Atonement. It's part of the feast the holy feasts that usually in the end of September, sometime in October, usually, depending on the moon and what kind of phase it is. So there is a reason why it kind of changes because of the, the way the calendar shifts uh, according to the religious in Israel. But what I want to see at this time is the atonement is in Jesus for us. That he is the atoning mighty savior for each of us and it is so, so important and humbling that we underline and never have the attitude, oh, been there, done, heard that, gotten the T-shirt. No. We have barely dig, dug into this truth for us. When you, the scriptures talk often of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of glory, the tabernacle, the priests would enter into the tabernacle, all of that, and all of that, Jesus it himself is a tabernacle. And uh, there's so much is reflected in our high priest and savior. And so on this, what the Israelites think is the holiest of holy days, where they all turn as a nation, individually and together. Everybody, this word applies in Israel to everybody, whether you are an army captain or a taxi driver or a farmer, doesn't matter. 
they'll all fast and pray. So one of the notable things I wanted to say, we read the scripture and uh, the, it, uh, it, I read it again, that, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying in the Leviticus uh, 23, also the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement, shall be a holy convocation for you, you shall afflict your soul, that is going humble before the Lord in humility and fasting, and offer an offering. Often you see in this feast of trumpets that they its offering is important to the Lord. It's a sign of bowing before the Lord and honoring him in such a way. But in Malachi, it points out that the Lord returns this to you. Multiply. And you shall do no work on that same day, for the day, it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God, for any person who is not afflicted in soul on that day shall be cut off from its people. But the Lord is amazingly over his people. Israel, and of course, the believing army of Christ. And we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we want to specially note certain things about the sacrifice, about the blood. One of the things I remember earlier somewhat as I was about to jump into full-time, I was pretty much full-time ministry, uh, but a few months later, the elders at Interfaith Church in, uh, I was just a young man, just going to graduate school, and they came from Leveland, Texas, and they said, the Lord spoke to us that you are to be our pastor. So I, that's where I began officially. That I was ordained by uh, this church in Macon, Georgia. Wonderful, wonderful, amazing pastor very talented, very brilliant, who ordained me. And uh, this is in 74, and, 70, and then I uh, went into the ministry. But around that time, I remember October 6, 1973. It was Yom Kippur at that time. And I heard on the news that while Israel was fasting and praying as a nation, that the Arab nations, especially Egypt and Syria, decided secretly that made this arrangement. And there were other Arab nations that joined them, but these were the primary ones, that they attacked Israel, I mean, to conquer it and to obliterate it. 
Egypt on the, from the Sinai and Syria from the Golan Heights. And I said, now watch this. I said, the stupidest thing you can ever do is attack a people of God who are totally fasting and praying and turning to God. Guess who is the defender of that nation? The Lord himself came down and turned things around. Israel was completely taken by surprise. The army was not ready when they came and attacked the Sinai that we, we heard from um, in end of 77, uh, Bonnie and I got married in 76, but we went, per Brother Derek Prince's request, joined him to help pastor down in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. But we also went uh, with Brother Derek Prince to, he was one of the few times he did help do a tour of Israel, and so we wanted to be right there and uh, got to be with Derek most of the time. It was wonderful. And uh, got to know him in major ways. It was, I think that's where I've told you, Bonnie and I were sitting the Lake of Galilee at this special fish restaurant that Derek insisted all pilgrims who come to Israel. This is where we, it's tradition, we eat the fish there. And he looked at me seriously and he said, the tradition is when you come to Israel, you must eat the eyeball of the fish. Uh, and I want to tell you, I've tasted many things, but that was one of the most terrible things I ever tasted. And I would literally, I've never done that before, um, touch my tongue with, what was those little at that time, the hand sanitizer and all that was just beginning, and they had these horrible, oily, supposed lemon wipes that were supposed to, you know, de-whatever, sanitize your hands. He was using them on his tongue for a few days. <laughs> God couldn't get the taste away. Anyway, but that's where we visited several kibbutz, and... I remember so clearly one of the main leaders of a kibbutz. He was in the Israeli army at that time in 1973. Yeah. And he said they literally saw he was part of the uh, tank formation of the Israeli. They only had a few handful of tanks <coughs> to oppose a whole phalanx of tanks from the Egyptian army. And they said he saw giant angels standing on the borders of Israel. And that the Israeli, I mean, the Egyptian tanks would certainly start flaming on their own and start burning. And that whole bunches of Egyptian soldiers would run out of their tanks and other places and join together, put their hands up and surrender to the Israeli soldiers. But that was an aspect I just saw, a living testimony of 
what happened in Yom Kippur, 1973. And that just kind of put a mark on my brain that the God of Israel is God. Jesus Christ is mighty and he is Savior. The significance of Yom Kippur that we have the grace to have entered into to be given this gift is the, the culmination of a cosmic shift from end to a beginning of something new in the earth. And it is all completely embodied in what Jesus has done as the divine man, son of God, son of man, in his life mission and the culmination of it on the cross. But what we celebrate on Yom Kippur that is shadowed in the Old Testament is the next aspect of the completion of that work that Daniel saw in Daniel 7, where Christ enters the heavenly sanctuary. It's the words from Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory, this mighty warrior, is coming in. And it's speaking of Jesus entering heaven then after he said it is finished on the cross and taking the blood of the sacrifice that was pictured in the Old Testament on the day of Yom Kippur. And there were two principal sacrifices. It was the bull and the goat. And you can see by that that there are two very different natures of things. And the bull was specifically representative of the priesthood. Say the priesthood. It indicates rulership and authority. And the goat, they were two that were slain, and they represent the servant or slavery. And so you can see these two dynamics and how significant both of these aspects are in our world today where we have a global elite rulership trying to bring the whole world under bondage and create two classes of people. Elites who are, uh, you know, oblivious to all of the tyranny that they are imposing on the rest of the world as a serf class, as a slave class. So Yom Kippur is extremely significant. And for us, it's the reality that we are a living revelation of what Jesus has done. And on the, the New Testament mentions the specifics, some of the specifics of the Day of Atonement in Acts 27. You remember Paul is in that, that great, uh, his last voyage, so to speak, where he is going to Rome. And the Lord uses him very supernaturally on board the ship of his captors to literally save the ship of his captors from destruction and uh, get him to his place. But they were fasting. He was fasting on the day of, uh, of atonement. And so this speaks to us that in every storm, as we are faithful to stay close to the Lord and continue to be his representative in the earth, God will use you in very unusual ways, even concerning his enemies at times, but especially for those his heart is after that have not had the revelation of Jesus. And then we quoted today many scriptures from Hebrews 9 about this high priestly work of Jesus, of Jesus serving as our high priest now in heaven. That in the Old Testament, it pictures for us that the high priest was the head of a household. 
a whole lineage of other priests that continually served in the temple, in the tabernacle, and served the Lord. And that's what Peter means. That's what Exodus says. That's what the Lord says in Deuteronomy, where he says, I'm redeeming you out of bondage that you might serve the Lord, but not just as saved people, but as a literal lineage, a household, a great company, everyone being priests. But that also calls upon us in terms of revelation and responsibility. And in Hebrews 13, it emphasizes again these two offerings that were made on Yom Kippur, the bull representing the priesthood, representing authorities and powers and rulers, and the goat representing the sacrifice, the exchange. And the two goats were that one would be killed for the Lord. The other one, if you remember, the high priest would put his hands on the head of what was called the scapegoat and confess all of the iniquities of the nation. Say the nation. And this is the other very significant aspect, revelation, about Yom Kippur. Because it's having to do with the community as a whole. And the restoration or reconstitution or the reconciliation of the entire nation back to its covenant in relationship with God. And friends, there could be nothing more important once again in the nations than the church of God, the holy people, the special treasure to arise as the kingdom of priests under the headship of Jesus and be functioning in these things. The power of what he has done and what is culminated and picturized in the Old Testament and finished in the new when he entered heaven in Yom Kippur is for us to lay hold of and enter into, as the scripture says, we have entered beyond the veil through a new and living way through the very blood of Christ that is speaking. And now when it says we're seated with him in heavenly places, it just doesn't mean that in our little individual prayer closet, it's me and my four and no more. And Jesus bless me. No, 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 no. And it also affects our giving. Your giving has changed from a reaping sowing idea. Your giving has become a reflection, a demonstration of you owning your responsibility as a priest, as a king in the earth. So just let that one rest. I wasn't expecting to say it, but that's the word of the Lord. So your giving is important, but the bull and the goat were burned outside the camp. The day of atonement, say atonement. There were two things that were happening. The sanctuary was being purged, and this has to do with the fact that something traumatic and dramatic happened in heaven when the angels, under the inspiration and leadership of Satan, rebelled in the heavenly sanctuary. And that place had to be re-sanctified, and it wasn't done until Jesus came with his blood and re-sanctified the, the sanctuary of heaven and expelled the, the rulers, the chief supernatural rulers that had rebelled against God. And these are the things that Jude speaks of and Peter speaks of in our New Testament. So these two things were happening. The sanctuary was being purged of its pollution and the accumulation of the sins of the people all caught up together in one were being atoned for. This is powerful, powerful revelation for us. So say purging and atoning. And we need to realize now we are on earth as in heaven. That spiritual tabernacle 
where his presence rests continually as the cloud. That's why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit that you've been sanctified by. And the, the, the presence is the blood of Jesus and its application for us that we might be a continually cleansed uh, jurisdiction, a, a cleansed place individually and corporately that the Holy Spirit of God can rest fully and have his liberty through us. Say cleansed, sanctified, set apart, called, special treasure, holy nation, kingdom of priests. And there are two processes. One, the great exchange. And secondly, our sins thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. That great exchange harkens back to the sacrifice of the bull and the whole burnt offering. The sins being cast into the sea of forgetfulness hearkens to the two goats, one slaughtered and again offered up completely as a burnt offering. And the second one with the sins of the people as a community laid upon it and sit sent into the wilderness, into the sea of forgetfulness carried away. And both rituals, say both rituals, were done by Aaron in the Old Testament. This is once again indicating what Jesus himself has done for us that no man could do in the incarnation. And these are just some of the little beauties. And I'll mention one more thing, Pastor. In Scripture, the Day of Atonement is initiated, and we see it there in uh, Leviticus, um, and it opens, interestingly enough, no, I believe it's numbers, I, I didn't write it down, but I, I must say this, when you first see the Day of Atonement set in place, it opens after the death of Nadab and Abihu, and this is very significant, because if you remember, they came into the sanctuary, supposing in their place and authority as priests of God, but they offered strange fire. They made up their own ritual and assumed to put that there in their place of service under God. And instantly, they died. I want to suggest to you that that actual thing, the mystery of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament and why they were stricken dead before the presence of the Lord was exactly the same because they came and offered a profane offering in that they literally lied to Jesus. So these are real things. They're powerful things. They're very powerful things. And... Um, the high priest would take the blood of the bull and the blood of the goat, and he would go in once a year only. And this, again, speaks of the uniqueness of Jesus has entered in beyond the veil, Daniel 7 again, once for all. And this sprinkling of the blood over the mercy seat and before the ark indicates the perfectly perfect work of Jesus when he said it is finished. The completely, complete cleansing, shedding, purgation that he provided for us through his own blood. 
that the priest, the high priest, would sprinkle this blood there seven times over the mercy seat and around the ark. And it refers to what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished because at that culmination, he had sprinkled his blood seven times. And you may remember those seven sprinklings. The shedding of the blood in Gethsemane in Luke 22. The stripes on Jesus' back and the shedding of his blood at the whipping post in John 19. The bruising and internal bleeding he suffered from being beaten, Isaiah 53. The shedding of the blood when receiving the crown of thorns on his head in John 19. The shedding of the blood through his pierced hands. Matthew 27. The shedding of the blood in his pierced feet. Matthew 27. And lastly, after he was dead, the soldier's spear in his side. Friends, these have correlations. The thorn applies to our mind. The hands to our actions, the feet, to our path. And ultimately, after he had died, the water and blood that came out of his side was indicating a bride that was going to be birthed that would reign and rule at his side with him for eternity. So all of this shows that this is a complete work, sevenfold way that he atones for us. And we can get cert take certain things. We just got to have a relaxed attitude. And in some ways, I like the way the sense of humor in America. I have a great sense, and that's great. But certain things are very important, and those we don't take for granted. That the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, took certain things for granted, and they did not do exactly the way the Lord had told them, instructed them to offer before the Lord. One of the other things I want to point out is that when the high priest would sprinkle the blood and do these things in the Holy of Holies, that he would have a rope tied around him. I read two different versions. One, it would be tied around his waist, another one around his leg, Whichever, if he did not do it right, the fire of the Lord would strike and he would be dead. But thank God that God's mercy covered him that he did it in the right way. And so, but if he died, they would have to pull on the rope and his body would have fallen over. So Jesus is the ultimate awesome sacrifice that 
we look to. And that this is the time where people all look their, through their corporate sins and their individual and that we examine and make sure that we don't get hyper and very judgmental towards others, that this is the time where God forgives Israel and God forgives us, that Jesus did that for us. Um, but as this new year begins in the Jewish calendar, for us, we take that as an example for us that compassion comes in. That this is the compassion of the Lord that sees to forgive us. And therefore we forgive others the same way God has forgiven us. And not to be too judgmental um, at this time. And I used to be fascinated. I was introduced many years ago to a wonderful um, rabbinical pastor many years ago named Rabbi Nachman. He lived in the late 1700s to early 1800s. And the uh, Hasidic movement started from Rabbi Nachman, and he used to, he was a great teacher of the word, especially of the Hebrew scriptures. And uh, I remember one of his stories was of an example of a woman from ancient history. And often the women would have to, in the morning, go to the river or the well to get fresh water for the house. And she would usually carry these two large pots on this big stick and put it on her, on her shoulders and carry it down and to the river and fill those two pots with water. And she does this over many years. And invariably, there's one of the pots all these years was slightly, had a crack, and so it was leaking. By the time she would get home with these two filled pots, one would be full, but the other would have leaked all the way she had been walking from the river. And years later, the, supposedly the, the, the pot that's been leaking talks to the woman and says, I just want you to know, I want to apologize that I've been, all these years, I've been leaking. And so by the time you reach home, it's, I'm half full. And I, please forgive me for doing, uh, having this leak. And she tells the pot, I've known that you have been leaking. Why do you think I planted all these flowers 
and the shrubberies on the side of the road. All these years, as you leaked, you watered all the flowers and the shrubbery. So all these beautiful things you see on the way is because of the water daily that came out of your leak. So sometimes we may get over legalistic. And Rabbi Nachman talked about old men gloom. And he said, don't let old men gloom attack you. Because sometimes you get gloomy and God does not want his followers to be gloomy. That's awesome. And don't judge yourself so strictly. You don't recognize that God has made you a blessing and that you continue being a blessing even though you may have weaknesses but overall you still serving the purposes of God so look at your neighbor and say leak (laughs) yeah and feed the shrubbery and feed the beautiful flowers and I wanted to read to you the um, the the atoning work of Jesus that one of the primary scriptures that some of the rabbis teach. By the way, I did want to point out my my rabbi or apostle or teacher was Brother Derek Prince. And we discipled under him for almost 20 years, and then I got to travel more than anybody else beside his wife. So um, we ministered, uh, got to minister alongside him for many, many years, and he would, I remember, I learned to get, never be, he, he would do the most unusual thing. Often, he would be advertised as a main speaker, and then he would turn to me and say, God, t- tells me you are to minister. So I would have to be always ready to preach. By the way, the other thing I want to say is I'm not telling you to eat the eyeball of the fish. Uh, That was a joke. He was totally playing on me. He would laugh and say, you believe everything I say. I say, yes, sir. He said, I'm joking. Often. I remember he, (laughs) we where the Zambezi River and we had tea and we put our tables right on the edge of this nice hill on the Zambezi River in uh, Zambia, uh, way in the north, in the remote parts. And uh, we didn't realize that the missionary had put the tables on an ancient end hill and it was still alive. He thought, it is old and nobody would know answer for that. But I remember Jay, uh, Silver, uh, what, J.J. Fesferman uh, was with me and his wife. But anyway, he sat by my side and Derek and Ruth opposite. And on my side, the ants <laughs> were going around and they climbed our legs, Jay and mine, and they started biting the red ants. 
And if you've never been bitten by red ants, an army of ants, you've not lived. Uh, and so, and I said, Derek, these ants have been eating me alive. How is it they didn't touch you? And he grinned at me and said, Mahesh, some have it, some don't. <laughs> you, you left out one of the most exciting parts of that story. Yeah. What? Oh, well, I, I, I'm not going to go into details of where the ants went. Uh, we, we had to run behind the hill, and I had to take Jay's pants off and even his underwear and get, uh, grab all of all the ants. Because, uh, I mean, they'll bite you until their stinger is in your body. And they won't let go. So anyway, but he did it to me and I did it to him. So I saw, well, I won't go into details. <laughs> anyway, but that was part of Derek that really appreciated it. Anyway, we'll, uh, uh, yeah, leak a little bit. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you about Genesis. Often the rabbis read this during the Yom Kippur time, and it's in uh, Genesis 20, 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then the Lord said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now here it clearly says in the first sentence that God tested Abraham. Say tested. So this was a test. This is only a test. Don't, it says what? The, the official thing. This is a test by the broadcast system. Remember? Yeah. Well, this was a test from God himself. It's interesting that he has already been through, I think, nine severe tests. And then it says, after these things, God tested him. Well, he is the ultimate. <laughs> That's yeah. why he's considered the father yeah. Yeah. of faith. Yeah. So Abraham rose early in the morning and sold his donkey and took two of the young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we'll come back to you. See, amazing faith. Even though he's supposed to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, he says, and we'll come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. 
And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for wow. a burnt offering? Say, where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? The lamb is an important thing here for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Say, God will provide. God will provide. Tell your neighbor, God will provide. God will provide. And this is an important word oh, Lord. for each of you at this time. When Mr. Gloomer tries to attack you, uh -huh. especially, this is one of the words you can quote back. Mm. God will provide. Say, God will provide. God will provide. That's a very beautiful, awesome sure, prophetic statement from Abraham. Will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, and by the way, we call this a Christophany. Yeah. Really, he's the pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah. The angel of the Lord. Say the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So this is the voice of the Lord. And Abraham said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram, ram a sheep, a, a, a lamb, I'm sorry, caught in a thicket. Say ram, ram in the thicket. In the thicket. By its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So there's a ram. Uh, it's a lamb, fresh lamb. And Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord gives a name here. He will provide. He is the provision. So that's one of the living words for us at this Yom Kippur, is that the Lord is providing for his church, for his body, for his kingdom. The lamb in a thicket. And remember, centuries later, John the Baptist comes along. The supreme prophets, because he is the one, there are other great, great prophets, but he's the one who gets the honor of identifying the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, 
as he is on earth. He says, this is John the Baptist saying, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. This is the Lamb who does the ultimate atoning, atoning work, not just for one group of people, but the whole world. Whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's, at this Yom Kippur, we want to once again encourage our hearts and say the Lamb will provide. Jehovah Jireh, Mount Moriah. And of course, ultimately, when Jesus comes, he is crucified on Mount Moriah. And he is, therefore, one of the titles of Jesus we want to know at this Yom Kippur is the lamb in the thicket. And the Lord has provided for us. And we are grateful. So, when I, I remember certain people at the time of October 1973, October 6th, I told people, the dumbest thing I've ever seen is countries attacking Israel, <laughs> especially when they are praying and fasting. So know the Lord is your defense. And if he has to send his prophetic angel armies to defend you, he will. Amen. And today... You may not have all the answers, but the Lord will provide. Say, the Lord is providing. The Lord is providing. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I said, Lord, I thank you for all your provision. And thank you, Lord. This, in this word, on this Yom Kippur, we proclaim this word, for our, all our families, not yes. just yourself, but our children, our grandchildren, our relatives, others, brothers and sisters, some. At this time, and we need to remember this, that different occasions, different eras, there are demonic powers that are quickened that you say, where the heck did they come from? And it's principalities and powers being released yeah. at different times. I remember, yeah. I've said this before, there was a season where the spirit would, and a spirit would attack young ladies growing up and they would not eat. And uh, anorexia, it was called. It was like a plague. And you, you scratch your head and say, where did it come from? And then there was a season. For a number of years, it would attack where young ladies maturing would slash their arms. That was just something that they would cut the arms. And I had to pray. There were many times here there would be people would come specifically for deliverance for their young daughters because this thing would attack. So at this season, you find children 
Again, our children being attacked by these powers that make them. The doctor, when the baby is born, says, it's a boy. He's not making it up. It's a boy. It's a girl. He's not, it's not fiction. It's not it's how God made, God made male and female. And you can inject the body with all kinds of stuff. And it, it's really a thing where I believe many, so many earning lots of hundreds of thousands to pollute these little children and hurt them. And we want to put, Lord, send your angels. Lord, send the power of your Holy Spirit. We put a covering on all our children. I'm so grateful we could begin this morning with all the beautiful (laughs) children. Yes. Thank Mary Nikem. And that was so wonderful. I loved it. (laughs) I wanted to go. But I didn't know. You you could you could start going to you could start going to Glory Kids. It would improve me. I know. I think it would improve all of us. It would improve all of us. It was delightful. But those are our treasures. Yes. And we need to. Those are not. I mean, for the body, for us, the Lord saying, "These are your children." Praise God for mommies and daddies and aunts and uncles, but they belong to the body of Christ. They belong to Jesus. And so that's why it's important for us as often as we can to come together, not be isolated. And this new COVID stuff is to scare you, to put anxiety and make old men gloom. Rabbi Nachman. Mm. We are not going to receive the false lies from the enemy. And we ask for the Lord's supernatural protection in the name of Jesus. That the Lord has already provided the lamb and the thicket. Glory. Jesus himself became our eternal, awesome, mighty sacrifice. And he is resurrected from the dead. He's alive forevermore and glory. he's the king of glory. Yes, he is. We say, let the king Amen. of glory come in. Yeah. Amen. So we thank you, Lord. Amen. For this Yom Kippur and for your blessing for us at this time where we repent and we choose to forgive. We are not perfect. And I read somewhere that with God's grace, I'm good enough. So, with God's grace, you're going to be good enough. Amen. Now, you don't need to. So, that's why we can examine ourselves and repent where we see we fall short. But that does not mean we allow gloom and doom and anxiety and mm-hmm. fear to try to destroy us. I want to, the postscript at something just from myself at this time. You, want to, you will see a lot of ads for 
Halloween is coming. So you're going to see a lot of advertising and all kinds of small movies, big movies, whatever. And it's made to scare the living, living stuff out of you. I, I remember some of that. And, and I'll tell you, you know, some is it's somewhat maybe innocent, but there is so many that you got to choose. And I'm going to, let, let, I mean, let the Lord speak to you, but don't consume this junk and take it into your heart because a lot of it has demonic sources. And I'm, not put, I'm sure that may not have evil intent. There used to be many years ago, I wouldn't a, assume that they don't have evil intentions. <laughs> you are right. You're always very gracious, Pastor. You, <laughs> you throw in those little, you know, yeah. nice, salty little things. But, but sometimes it just needs to be a <laughs> I know. That, that it should be. That's the in way Jesus the Lord name. should do it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, was, I used to watch this show. I think it's called Criminal something, Criminal Dead. I don't know. It was FBI that goes after... Criminal Minds? Maybe Criminal Minds. Yeah. And I needed to I be paying to, more attention to what you were watching on TV. And at that time, <laughs> yeah. Um, FBI looked, and these are killers. I mean, evil. Uh, evil stuff. Yeah. But I, I used to enjoy their investigations and all that, and I heard the Lord say, I would not watch this stuff. And I realized that was a warning from the Lord. And from that day on, I never turned on that thing ever. But, and I repented. It was the Lord correcting me, and I'm glad. This is a whole new concept for me. But, I, I'm, yeah, you need to stay away from that junk. You, you used to, and I have you to, used to invite if, the Lord. Danton Ebe even, maybe. Who knows? I'm just kidding. Oh, watch <laughs> out. Hallmark these days. <laughs> well. Um, it used to be a hallmark. Is, uh, you well, you used to much. invite the Lord to come hunting with you, and he would. Yeah. Did you ever invite him to watch TV with you? No. And now I will never, <laughs> especially <laughs> those kind of shows. Now, it's, if it's I mean, it's a concept. Try it out, Rich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pastor Mahesh, in, in Deuteronomy um, 7, it says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Think of that. For the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than anyone else. For you are the least of all, but because the Lord loves you, oh, and because he would keep his oath that he has sworn, and because he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. Say, my God. He is, God. he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations of those who love him. 
Say a thousand generations. Say it again. For a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen. And in that sevenfold sprinkling of the blood, the perfectly perfect, completely complete, we notice in the way that Leviticus unfolds the sacrifice of Yom Kippur that there are five aspects that that blood applies to, and it covers, as you were saying, our whole life. The first one in Leviticus 4 is it covers every sin that is repented of. Every sin. Say every sin. sin. That's repented of. So repentance is a good thing. And Yom Kippur, the fasting and the 10 days before, is all about bringing ourselves to repented sin. The second sprinkling of the seven times was for the ordination of the priesthood. When Jesus did that, he was ordaining you and I into his household as priests in the earth. The third way was for cleansing from leprosy, and it goes through all kinds of versions of leprosy, but it's indicative of diseases. It's indicative of the things that would uh, make the body unclean or the things that would cause you to be put out of the community, so to speak. And so there's a whole dynamic of reconciliation involved in that, of innocence involved in that shedding. And the fourth one was for the national reconciliation, the reconstitution, the restoration of the nation as a whole in dealing with the national sin to bring that nation back into a place of relationship with God so that the destiny over the nation could be recovered and restored. It's like Israel got vomited out of the land because of their sin into exile, but then God brought them back into the land and began to resettle them. The cleansing of Jesus' blood is a communal dynamic as well as anything. But we also can lean into it for his purposes for our nations. And then the last one is deliverance from death. Amen. The ultimate enemy. And have no fear that the Lord has taken care of it. We just step from one realm to another one through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's awesome. It's wonderful. And uh, when you visit uh, Schleifer and Tritalin, Lilo's husband, Gary, Gary, was uh, just, he ministered here, you might remember. He was one of the, he was a great apostle of God's, just like Derek Prince was. And we had the great privilege of breaking bread. And we had Swiss cheese there. I didn't have with Derek. I had roast with him. But anyway, uh, when we stepped, I was thinking, I mean, he stepped on the other side a few months ago. But he was the nearest thing to the voice of God. When he spoke, spoke, you thought that was God speaking. But anyway, I wanted to share one last scripture with you. Uh, and then we'll have communion together. In Hebrews 
9, it says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. Say good things, good things. to come. come. With a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and all and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Praise God. For this, the Lord has allowed us to see this Yom Kippur, and we forgive Others, and we thank the Lord that through the blood we are forgiven and made whole through the wonderful, awesome blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to take this moment to take communion together on this wonderful, amazing time of Yom Kippur. So, Get ready, because offering is part of the, the work of Yom Kippur that God honors this with our tithes, our offerings. We're going to take communion. So make your checks out to All Nations Church, or uh, and then those watching us on the internet, give dot allnationschurch.us give.allnationschurch.us and here is give online at giveallnationschurch.us thank you send we pray may the Lord I was so blessed that we could send Pastor Bonnie to bless Singapore and then Switzerland, but may our broadcast go to multiple thousands of people around the world. It's going places, and we want to pray and dedicate to be able to ourselves to the Lord and His purpose. In this hour, we want to proclaim the greatness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So get ready, and... Uh, I'm going to take communion also. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.